This podcast is sponsored and supported by Cape Cod Publishing. Cape Cod Publishing is a personalized, professional publishing service for authors and writers who wish to self-publish and make a difference with their books. We believe books are one of the few forces for good in this world, and our values and beliefs are that books should present a message for good to whomever reads them. Our email address is capecodpublishing at gmail.com. Our website is www.audacious-publisher.com and www.capecodpublishing.com. You may also find us on www.audacious.com capecodwriterstudio.com. Thank you for listening. Hi everyone. Greetings to all our global friends in the USA, Canada, UK, Ireland, Germany, Netherlands, Brazil, Russia, and Singapore. Wow. Can you imagine all these locations? I never thought my podcast would reach that many people in that in, in, in all those places. New. Anyhow, today, this is episode 12, and um, it's about self-editing. Well, I hear you groaning. I know. So... I'm going to do a quote. Writing to me is simply thinking through my fingers. Isaac Asimov. So, self-editing doesn't have to be daunting or troublesome. But I'm not going to try and schmooze you into thinking it's easy. Because it isn't. It's work. Once you've crystallized the thought, then the plot, then the characters, the manuscript comes in on its own, or it should. Ideally, that's how it's supposed to work, but not for me, not usually. Most traditional fellow writers recommend that you write your first draft, then go back and edit, which is the most logical approach. Well, tell my muse that, or whoever else is helping me write my stories, because We end up writing the first five to ten chapters and then try to figure out where we're going with it. In Stones and Bones, one of my books, when Dr. Durenberg catapulted Sam, Wendy, Abby, and Paola out into space in these garbage disposal capsules. Where I ever came up with that, I don't know. I had no idea how I was going to rescue them or even why I did that in the first place. I spent quite a few nights and days trying to figure out how to bring it all to a happy ending. Next page. Stones and Clones, the second book in the series, is already ten chapters, and I finally got the plot two mornings ago. I had no clue which stone was going to be used in this book either, until they told me then. I think Isaac Asimov was right. He just lets his thoughts come through his fingers. Probably much easier to do it that way. 
So if you're writing like that, and I think they call that from the seat of your pants, <laughs> I call it my materializing manuscript, then you really need a great deal of trust and flexibility and hope and courage in the belief that it will all work out. Phew! My advice to anyone who writes that way, hmm, edit each chapter individually. Here are a few ideas to give you some guidance. Sometimes I have to go back into the last chapter if there's been a time lapse to bring me up to speed. Or sometimes I will read and reread the last three or four chapters to see if the plot is running <laughs> the way it should. It never does. <clears throat> First idea or tip, are you writing in the correct genre? Sounds stupid, but think about that. As you reread your work, have you slipped into a different format from the last chapter? Tenses, oh, 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 this is a big one for everybody. The big issue for me, am I writing in the past tense or in the current time? Doing a story set in the future tends to bounce back and forth for me, especially once I change from third-person narrative to first-person. That's tough. Make certain your character remembers the rules, not you, your character. Number three, are there gaping holes in your plot? Oh boy like dropping characters out into space. Yeah, really. That was a scary thing for me and most definitely a gaping hole in my plot. It had not, I had not um, even included it anywhere in the plot. Are all your characters really people? Oh, good question. Have you given them human characteristics and thoughts? Abby has gifts and talents, clairvoyance and clairaudience. On second thought, that might not be a human characteristic, but she is in the year 2213. Do your characters think and do quirky things that make them unique? <laughs> Dr. Durenberg did, he certainly did. He used to wrap his cape around him and then evaporate. Number five, are you writing too much description? Is it muddying up the scene or overwhelming the characters or the reader? Does the reader need to know how high the grass has grown or how cloudy the sky is unless it has some bearing on the scene in front of you? In Atlantis, the final days, I did a lot of scenic description because the reader needed to know what was happening and more importantly, what was going to happen. And it was a different uh, location too. Um, what was it like on Ganymede? Oh, wait a minute, I lost my, hold on. Um, yet in Stones and Bones, I had to force myself to write more description. Yeah, I did. What was it like on Ganymede? A, the moon, a moon of Jupiter, where Ty found the stones? That was a good question. Is there a lot of dead dialogue or not enough dialogue? Look at, look carefully at what your characters are saying or what they are not saying. 
read the dialogue out loud. That really helps. Arthur, a writer from a past writing group, always stressed the need for a small handheld recorder to hear what your story sounds like. It definitely saves time and shows you what your characters are really saying. Number seven, does your writing feel smooth and natural to read? That little recorder will help you there. If you hit a hot spot in your writing where you hesitated or you stopped for clarity, then you need to look at that sentence or paragraph and make it clearer to both your reader and yourself. Number eight, did you write too much? Hmm. Sometimes the reader doesn't need to be told. He or she can figure out what's going on in fewer words, which usually gives more emphasis. I firmly believe that less is better. Our readers are very intelligent and smart, and they love to read between the lines. For example, Anne strode into the office and slammed the door behind her. She was angry. My assistant got up to leave. Stay right there, said Anne in a menacing tone. If you delete, she was angry and menacing tone, the reader will figure out that the character was very angry. Now you have a few tools that will help you self-edit your manuscript. My preference is to edit chapter by chapter, but then I'm lazy. Happy writing, Sharon.